Hi, welcome back to the HC Network interview series podcast. Next up, Paul Clark and Robert Scheninger discuss the issues around hazard identification at the employee level. We're very excited to bring this podcast to you guys as there are some fantastic discussions in it. Without any further ado, here's the full interview. Right, next up, we're really excited to welcome Mr. Robert Scheninger, the Vice President of Health, Safety, Environment and Sustainability at Talos Energy. We're over the moon to introduce Rob to the HSE Network today, and we're going to be talking to him about his organization, Talos Energy, who are a technically driven, independent exploration and production company focused on safely and efficiently maximizing cash flows and long-term value through its operations, currently in the United States, Gulf of Mexico, and offshore Mexico. Some of the biggest topics at the moment coming around with Rob touch on hazard identification and, that, and at that employee level, also looking at effective learning methods for non-conventional work schedules. I know these subjects are really important to Rob and to Talos Energy, so we're going to get started right away. Over to you, Rob. Well, welcome to the HSC Network, Rob, and um, uh, you're heading up as the Vice President for Health, Safety, Environmental and Sustainability for Talos Energy. Uh, Mr. Robert Schenninger uh, leads the Talos Energy uh, Group. He's working within technically driven independent exploration production company, uh, focused mainly on safely and efficiently maximizing cash flows and long-term value through its operation. Uh, currently in the United States, Gulf of Mexico and offshore Mexico as well. So we're privileged to have you at the HSE Network today in the HSE North America uh, Congress. And I want to ask you a few questions and interview on the topic around hazard identification at the employee level and also effective learning methods for non-conventional work schedules. One question that I had, Rob, if I may, is looking at sort of HSE practitioners and uh, obviously they know that hazard identification is the foundation perhaps of safe workplace uh, uh, and its most basic level hazard identification is simply looking at a job task or perhaps a situation and asking is there a situation or behavior perhaps that could place myself in harm's way that's all seems pretty straightforward but is it though really because we're still seeing a lot of incidents major incidents across the field you know it's an interesting conundrum where in the oil and gas industry we have such advanced tools to help identify risk, whether it's a formalized job safety analysis, behavior-based observations, incident reporting, or even uh, management of change. And even with these tools to identify risk, the quality is often lacking, and you have employees, whether they're full-time or contractors, putting themselves in harm's way because they are not effectively utilizing their ability to identify risk. And our industry is, is very quick to roll out a new idea or a new process, but what we fail to do effectively is provide employees with the opportunity to fully understand how is this tool supposed to identify risk? How am I, as an individual, effectively able to identify the sources of hazardous energy that could, that could harm me and put in the hierarchy of risk controls to effectively either prevent or mitigate exposure to those risks. I guess how, how best then, from, from your perspective, do we implement effective hazard identification at the employee level? We'd like to think we've revolutionized the process where we did not want to reinvent the wheel. And as we looked to improve hazard identification, it was very important to us that we did not 
create additional paperwork. We wanted to actually build on the foundation of the current risk identification tools we have in place. So we developed a recurrent risk assessment. It's like a mental JSA, where we invested the time to train all of our employees and contractors on the 10 sources of hazardous energy. What is the most effective means of control? Whether it's elimination of the hazard, substitution of less hazardous energy source, engineering it out, administrative controls, PPE. And after the training, we looked at how can we further reinforce these learnings. So we created pocket cards and accordion style guides that reinforce key concepts. We have posters that we've placed on every offshore platform that talk about how to fill out a good JSA, how to utilize the recurrent risk assessment. And the next evolution is building an e-learning module that we can then disseminate quite easily to kind of close the continual process loop. Well, I mean, that sounds all well and good and sounds great and it's different, but it sounds like Talos are going in the right direction. But on, a, on, a, on another topic, I, I feel something that doesn't get brought up enough in discussions um, is, uh, you know, obviously the abundance in oil and gas specifically is the non-conventional working um, and the work schedules of workers specifically. Adopting better safety practice on a standard nine to five is challenging, but surely it's much easier to manage a typical offshore schedule where folks work 14 days on and then 14 days off. So do you have a specific learning method perhaps that is being adopted by yourself and Talos that uh, is to help for that sort of non-conventional work schedule? Yeah, what's non-conventional to our industry is actually well liked by those who work the schedule. I mean, you get to work half the year, you get half the year off. Challenges are getting the employees who are on a hitch, which is what we call the schedule, for 14 days, not only do they have to do their job, but they need to get the training that's required. They need to participate in safety meetings and different activities. And one of the real challenges we find is fatigue. I mean, yeah, when you're out there working a 14 day on, 14 day off, with a standard minimum 12 hour workday, sometimes 14, 16 or plus, uh, it's, it's incumbent upon us as a operator to ensure proper work rest cycles. Uh, but it takes a unique type of individual who can be away from their families. Yeah. And distraction is another huge challenge when you're away from your family for 14 days and you have to worry about you know, what issues are going on at home, financial, uh, you know, kids sporting events. So keeping people focused on the task at hand, mm -hmm. it kind of lends back to the recurrent risk assessment mm -hmm. where not only are you trying to improve hazard identification tools at the employee level, we're also at the same time trying to keep our employees focused on the task at hand, mm -hmm. which in our world is safely producing oil and gas in an environmentally safe manner. Sounds easy when you put it like that, but I'm sure it's not. It, it has its challenges. We, we excel in many areas, but like most oil and gas companies, we do have room for improvement. Changing our focus from the, the minor incidents to being more proactive and what are we, are we doing enough to prevent the major catastrophic events 
like we saw with Deepwater Horizon uh, a couple years back. But it's a collective effort between Talos management, our employees, and the thousands of contractors that work with us. And it's our job to put the people who work for Talos in a position where they can make the best decisions possible, they're engaged in our HSE processes, and they're empowered to speak up if something's not right. Well, thanks ever so much for, for coming in. Thank you for coming to the event, and thank you for doing the interview. I look forward to seeing you on HSE Network again. Sounds great, Paul. So that's the end of that interview. As always, guys, make sure you subscribe to the HC Network if you want access to the video version of this podcast. And keep listening for our next interview with Mr. Ron Gant. Thanks very much.